Welcome to the 99th edition of Make Pro Wrestling with Majestic again. I am your Majestic Champion, Tiger Height. And I am not your Majestic Champion, Peanut Gallery. So, we were going to cover NWA 312. I set this up a couple of days ahead of time, but because I couldn't find the whole show, we're we decided just, against yeah. it. Now, what I did see was good. I actually did like the show a lot, but once it got to the Bully Ray and Tom Latimer match... If I can't watch all the matches, I'm not going to watch any of the matches. So, right. we're only going to be covering Sakura Genesis. But, let's go to your topic. What are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about CM Punk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, elaborate further. What are, yes. we, what are we talking about here? Because there's so, been a lot of whispers around yes. relating to this guy. So, um, Warner Media <clears throat> likes CM Punk. Well, yeah. He's and that leads the draw, and right. right now they're sucking ass. And he is being requested by the corporation to have him come back. Now, there are rumors coming around right now that uh, there are members of the roster obviously don't like working with CM Punk for pretty obvious reasons. Need, we need Including to... three of the big ones. Right. So, um, there is this new Saturday show coming out. And it is proposed that CM Punk be the centerpiece of said Saturday show on how many shows do they Warner need? Networks. Um, so there is a thought process going through AEW right now that they are going to do a split of some sort of the roster. It has to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does have to happen at some point because the roster is over overbloated and there's not a lot of opportunity, I feel, to showcase some of the talent that just kind of get lost in the shuffle. Right. There are only two shows on television that are in ring, um, and it's only and one of them is just like a random whatever for an hour. Dynamite right. is pretty much the focus because you know that Rampage is not there. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut right. them and said screw Rampage. Right. So unless there, they unless they redesign that. So there are two. There are only three hours in the week in which talent can be produced on a national scale. Right, you know, dark and dark elevation don't count. <laughs> no. Ring of Those Honor are, does. Ring of Honor does not they're, count. There are little teeny tiny internet shows. Um, so, um, with that being said, obviously CM Punk is not very well liked by the majority of the roster because of his past associations with things like media scrum, and uh, we all know what happened at that point. Yes, um, uh, the brawl and what happened there. I and and it's not just the people that participate in the brawl itself; it's also people that it literally split the roster on who they supported right. within that aspect. Yeah, uh, there are people who in the roster who did support CM Punk on what he said. I mean, I think that's obvious, but mm -hmm. also I think of how he went about it was also not a good thing. And right. him sort of perpetuating that sort of negative environment probably would not be the greatest idea in the world, but man, they got to have somebody. Right. Because right now, AEW is hurting. Yeah. They're hurting ratings-wise. They're, they're, they're hurting buildings-wise. And, and they know that CM Punk is a draw to the product, to he the is, channel. He's mainstream draw. Yeah. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, he's the only one who, I mean, what, million views? I mean, his return, at least on YouTube, was crazy. Right. He was their first ratings big thing for a million people. Right. There's a reason why he's there. Right. And and 
Warner Media is a business, and they want what's best for business. And obviously, having someone like CM Punk on your roster is—I'm sure, sure they're is, noticing the ratings yeah, difference. Is, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. So um, that's kind of why there is a proposal out there to do a roster split of some sort. We don't know what the roster split really is going to look like. If there is indeed talks of doing it, we don't know if it's a if it's a soft roster split where. Um, the roster itself is not actually split up into like we, two we've, separate we've already, things. We, we already we already we are already seeing that, and it's been a colossal right. failure. Um, or if it's going to be a hard, I think it should be hard. It I should think be it should a be a hard like, roster split, it, like it like what happened with WWE in two thousand two and in two thousand seventeen. Um, so that's kind of where we're at as far as this whole thing goes, and obviously Triple H announcing the draft, the WWE draft. Um, kind of brings to light some of the problems that the AEW roster has with it being overbloated, with problems in the locker room, and and we want to see kind of how that plays out. Well, my issue is is if Tony Khan agrees to the stipulation of bringing back CM Punk, do you believe that there will be a mutiny, especially with the other party involved within that brawl? No. Do you think Kenny and the Bucks would might be thinking of greener pastures if no? They've already signed. Tony Tony bends the knee to Warner Media. They, they, they've uh, the young Bucks and, and uh, Kenny have already signed extensions. I'm I'm, I'm sure they can. I'm I'm sure there's a clause. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a clause of them getting out or even protesting. Uh, CM Punk's return by maybe just not even straight up working. Well, yeah, but would it would it be would it, would it be necessarily mature to do it that way? No, but this is kind of a rock in a hard place yeah. here with Tony Khan. This is what happens when you bolster this kind. This is what happens when the inmates run the asylum. Right. Is that anybody can do anything at this point? Right. CM Punk made fun of your roster for being a bunch of kids, and every single time we hear something about it, it just perpetuates it. Yeah, but at the same time. CM Punk is a draw, and Tony Khan has to show Warner Media that they are making the correct decision right. on having them on television. Because right now, people, let's just be honest, it's not working. I'm going to tell you the ratings here, and guess what? They're down this week yeah. again. This is the third straight week that the ratings were down. And if this continues, this Wembley show ain't going to go over well. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is that I haven't even mentioned the Wembley show they need someone to sell out that stadium. The only person that could possibly sell out that stadium is CM Punk. And don't even give me about the 45000 pre-show. Nobody cares about pre- That's basically saying that you said maybe to a Facebook event invite. It's a no. Unless I see some ticket numbers, Yeah, it's a no. Now, Forbidden Door, I just saw this. There were a ton of scrappers mm-hmm. that over like that bought, almost bought out the entire place but people are like oh my god look at all of these people going no 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 the pink on there what Ticketmaster does is that the pink were bought by third party scrappers mm-hmm. almost 3000 tickets of that entire building were just scrappers mm-hmm. do you think that that resale is going to happen probably not exactly you know why because it's already expensive enough at Ticketmaster prices mm-hmm. what do you think will happen when people have to go to these third parties they're going to be charging $500 a ticket for nosebleeds right so anyways um, but going back to the situation at hand, you know, obviously WWE has their system of 
dividing up their roster, and they've done it successfully for many years. And this is something that needs to happen again because they're starting to get a little fuzzy here with right. their roster split previously, but I think the shakeup is necessary. Right. But um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, what what would be the best course of action for AEW? Because, because obviously there is a, a challenging individual that happens to draw in a lot of numbers. And so we're, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with this situation. And I think that the proposal of a split of sorts within AEW's roster, whether it be a soft split or a hard split, would be necessary. But then that generates a whole host of other questions that would need to be answered as to how that would work logistically. But also, another thing that just kind of came into my head, how would that split the ratings between the two rosters? Right. If somebody wants to see a certain wrestler, they're only going to be watching this new Saturday show. Number one, Saturday show is at fucking death nail. I don't know why they think that's a good idea because it's not. But also, number two, right now, their one show is losing ratings. And as soon as that roster splits, you know that people are going to watch this or that. It might be less. Right. I said might because it could be more. You right. never know. Um, but it would it would help out if the rosters were split because if CM Punk's contention is going to be predicated on this show, I think people who are willing to work with him would be going to the other show, and people who might not want to work with CM Punk go to the other show. So at least there would be the separation between right. the two, but also then Tony Khan can bring back Punk and and appease Warner Media. Right. But again, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into that too. It's, it's Number one, it's expensive to have two touring, having two tours instead of one. <laughs> exactly, unless unless they book the place for a couple of days, which usually never works. No, it doesn't work. I mean, Raw and SmackDown can do it because they make enough money to where it's justified. Right. They, they get they, they, can they actually get, have two different touring schedules going they get, on they at get the exact high, same side. They get high. They get high one million, two million right. viewers. Number one on cable both nights. Obviously, they have the money for it. AEW, I'll even talk about it more. But this this last week, it was ranked eighteen. But again, it has nothing to do with that. It's just money. Money is well, a factor yeah, in this. Money, not not ratings. They they don't. I don't think they care at this point about ratings. If if Warner Media wants to give them a Saturday show, that's fine. But if the question is why 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 do they want the Saturday show? Is it is it because the ratings are so good, or are they trying to figure out how to stop the bleeding? I don't work for Warner Media. I could not tell you the answer to that. We question. don't. Yeah, exactly. We don't know unless we see some sort of press release regarding the decision. Right. So that's kind of all I had to say about it. Um, I just thought it was interesting. So wait, now my question to you yeah. is the same. What are your thoughts on what would be the best course of action for AEW to do given the current situation? Well, I think a soft roster split would be probably a little more necessary. Um, you know, elaborate. Well, uh, again, I think that it would then allow for just having one touring company, having one touring schedule. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know how that would work out logistically, but we'll figure it out. Because, I guess. Because, well, it would, it would it would it would almost have to be two because Wednesday and Saturday would be different because they uh, they would, pre, they, they pre they pre tape rampage right. They would probably 
they would probably pre-tape the other show as well. Depending on what Warner wants to do, that would be right. a long time between Saturday or between Wednesday and Saturday to do a pre-tape because then everybody's going to know exactly what happened. Right, and and maybe a, maybe the pre-tape happens on like a Tuesday or something, or maybe it happens on a Thursday. Maybe. I mean, I if, mean, if, if, they, if they want to do another one, it's almost inevitable that they're going to have to do two if they want to keep it live and current. Right. Like, it's just going to happen if Warner is forcing this decision. With Rampage, at the very least, they can do it before or after Dynamite right. so they don't have to bring in a whole new set of people for production and right. getting that new slot. You know, it's just not necessary. Right. But, um, you know, again, I just think that these developments are interesting considering it is. the WWE is, is doing their thing with their draft um AEW is it is it time for them to is it time for them to split the roster I mean the right. the possibilities of course were endless especially for some of the stars that get lost in the shuffle do you think it's a good idea I think that given the current state of affairs it would not be a bad idea to do it but it's I think just it a, bad a idea. very complicated situation very complicated problem to solve because of the state of the company and where warner media is at in its relationship to it i would say if the i mean i know you don't like ratings I, but it's tell this is television they're looking to find ratings if the ratings were more consistent i can understand your situation but they're just the, the ratings are this for both for all three shows that they have currently right now, because right. remember they have all access, Dynamite and Rampage. Right. Already. And, right. And then they have their YouTube shows as well. It's a lot of wrestling content. It's a lot of wrestling content and it might it might um uh it might delude yeah. their current fan base, which is not right. the craziest amount. Right. Um so you know, again, I think that a soft a soft split would be better than a hard split. And that's just coming from a cost savings perspective. But right. logistically, I don't know how that would figure out, and I don't know what that relationship with Warner Media looks like for them to be able to do a, a show on a Saturday that might be pre-taped. Right, exactly. So it's just kind of up in the air, but let us know what you think down below in the comments. Yeah. Do you believe that a new show would be a wise idea and how would you go about doing this if it's going to be a wrestling show because it could be like a reality show or something like they're doing with all access i i don't think so i think they that want, would be, it would be stupid yeah but I, think, I think they're looking for a wrestling show and i think they're looking to get cm punk to come back in order to bolster the ratings for said show right okay yeah no that makes sense so when we come back i'm going to get on my soapbox for the first time in like weeks because there's a lot to talk about here
All right, so Tiger Heights getting on this soapbox because there is a lot to talk about for this show in many of ways. So let's talk about Raw. So Raw, this was the show right after the Raw after Mania. So obviously there was a drop in not only the viewership, but also the demo quite a bit, but obviously. So it was a 1.8 million de uh, viewers with a 2.26 million last week, and then it was 0.59 demo compared to a 0.76. But just keep in mind where we're coming off of. It makes sense. But they were still number one in the top 150. Rey Mysterio's segment was fine. A little stuck on developing this backlash match. I really want them to incorporate Bad Bunny in more. But they still have a couple of weeks. So maybe he'll get more involved later. I just don't like the kind of timid direction of it. But the opener between Mysterio and Balor was actually a lot of fun. Uh, Trish Stratus was not good in the ring. I do not know what happened. She was very off. Uh, botches, very many of them. She was kind of out of place in a few times. I'm not sure if Lita is actually hurt or not, but uh, the attack would have been a little bit better if Trish Stratus didn't look like she slipped on a banana. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed was a fun match, and they're looking like they're doing a brawling thing between these two monsters, and this is exactly what they need to do with Bronson. Big-time rivalry against a former WWE champion with a lot of emphasis on both guys. I'm all for it on that, and especially because Bronson Reed continues to put on good stuff. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar is going to be a good match. The promo is short, sweet, and simple for Cody Rhodes to challenge Lesnar, but doesn't have to go crazy. The Usos and the Alpha Academy was a really, really fun tag team match. Win or lose, this is what the tag team division needs right now. Alpha Academy looking strong even though they lost. They gave this match plenty of time. People were really into it, and you just can't go wrong with an Usos match. Um... The Eosky Mission and Piper Niven match was fine, but this was for a number one contendership for the Raw Women's Champion. Just very strange, and I think they're even doing this match on a regular taping, so it's very odd. But Damage Control's tease about breaking up is they're doing it slowly, mm -hmm. but they're also bringing up Dakota Kai and Eosky before the split, so that's going to bolster three new main eventers right. going into the split. And I'm all for it because WWE knows how to do this and do this right. And finally, Solo Sokoa and Kevin Owens was a fun match, but something has to give soon with this rivalry. I'm feeling like we're kind of spinning our wheels in the mud. And trust me, on SmackDown, you're going to get a lot more of that sort of uh, skepticism on where this bloodline rivalry is going at this point. So... Let's talk about NXT. NXT slightly down. I thought it was going to actually be worse than it was. Uh, 528,000 people watched it compared to 555 with a 0.13. Next to a 0.13, they actually kept the same demo numbers with fewer people watching. So I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. It might look better numbers-wise. Uh, the segment... To, for the beginning was fine, but I really wanted to see Bron, uh, Bron Breaker's follow-up with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. He attacked them. Why didn't they have any sort of interaction whatsoever? It was very strange. The NFC Women's Tag Team title match was a cookie cutter from Stand and Deliver, uh, even down to the finish. So if you saw it there, you saw it here. Basically the same thing. It's a whatever sandwich for me. Uh, the Duke Hudson MVP ceremony segment was very confusing. Braun Breaker attacked um, Chase, Andre Chase, and uh, Thea Hale, kind of, obviously didn't hit her. Mm -hmm. But 
he hinted that this was a hit from Duke to possibly get his spot in the Fatal 4-Way, but Duke was in the Fatal 4-Way. So why is, Bra why is Braun Breaker attacking Chase U? Right. Why isn't he going after the main title? This is very strange. Out of nowhere, I don't get it. Uh, Eddie Thorpe is not clicking with me. I don't know if it's the name. I don't know if it's just the randomness when he's actually wrestling, but he just does not feel like the deal that I think he should be. And his double underhook whoopsie, whatever he's doing, is ridiculous. I think they're giving um, Tiffany Stratton and Sol Ruka a lot of crap for their performance. And the people who are giving them crap but still watching AEW like nothing is wrong there are hypocrites. And trust me, for the people who bitch about it on the opposite direction where you complain about more of the gymnastic style on AEW but don't give crap to what I saw with Stratton and Ruka, you're also hypocrites. Either you like it or you don't. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. It's storytelling for me. The match itself was good. These women are very good wrestlers, and I liked what I saw. If this is the future of the division, I'm cool with it. Uh, the Cora Jade and Lyra Valkyria seems meh. The promo did not work. Their chemistry was way off. The brawl was very strange, and Cora Jade looks like a bratty teenager. I don't know what it is, but the look is not digging it for me. Uh, Ilya Dragunov and Von Wagner was fine. The feud between Wagner and Stone is totally useless, and they have to be done with it at this point. Uh, it was good seeing Joe Coffey back in the match, but the match itself was fine. Squash match, good introduction back. I don't know about the other guy, but it seems like they're putting a big deal on him. But obviously, Joe Coffey needed a win somewhere. And the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match was good. I thought Breaker was going to be replacing Hudson, but I must have misheard, obviously, from the earlier segment. But Grayson Waller won, which he definitely needed to because he lost his match with Gargano with no follow-up after that. I don't know when this match is going to happen, but it is what it is. And that was NXT. Dynamite, 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 dynamite. So, it was 866,000 people compared to 877,000 people with a .28 demo next to a .3 from last week. And it was number six in the top 150. Um, Darby Allen and Swerve Strickland had a fun opener. And Darby Allen continues to look good on his championship pursuits, but Swerve Strickland did not look bad in defeat. The promo between MJF and Darby Allen right after that match was good. But of course, Sting ruined it. He mentioned Cody Rhodes. He had to mention WWE. And guess what that done? It ruined the segment. Don't mention your competition. There's no reason for it. And the promo without Sting was perfectly acceptable. Darby Allen is already over. I don't know why Sting is still with him. Whatever. Um... It just totally ruined the segment. It killed my entire interest in it at all. I swear to God, if Sting goes for this title, I'm going to be pissed off. Powerhouse Hobbs and Silas Young was a colossal waste of time. Nothing was there. It was three moves, and then Wardlow got out there and destroyed all members of QTV and destroyed Powerhouse Hobbs' car, totally making him look like a incompetent and loser champion. Don't do that. Orange Cassidy and Buddy Matthews was a fine match, but defending this title over and over and over again every single week is getting absurd. For the love of God, you don't have to have a championship match every single show. It's really not necessary. Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. 
there's a reason why these ratings are down, people. If this is going to be how you're going to continue the rivalry with Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite, I would rather you guys not do the rivalry at all. Because when was the last time that you saw Brandon Culler and Michael Nakazawa have a match on television at all? At all. I know that Brandon Culler has been wrestling in the dark, but Michael Nakazawa has not wrestled in a long time. So. Right. Oh, and of course, Michael Nakazawa had to bleed. So there had to be a lot of blood in this match because obviously it had to be, but, you oh, know. Oh, and uh, Jeff Hardy returned as well. Yeah, no, we're going to get to that. Uh, yeah, no, that happened before this. I just wanted to bring up the Brandon Color, Michael Nakazawa, because honestly, I thought that was a joke. You know what? I'm going to wait until later for the Jeff Hardy because I have a lot to say about that. Uh, Riho and Sky Blue versus the Outcast was an absolute nothing. It oh, did God. not help anything. And then Jamie Hader running down to the ring. Getting beat up by the outcast. And then Britt Baker comes in and runs out the outcast. Who's the champion here again? How come I sound like a broken record with this fucking women's division? Because it's the same thing. Outcast versus some people. Attack after. Where you have these baby faces that you're trying to shove down our throats. Run out to the ring. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat with no difference. Zero difference. From winner to what happens. Baker is the star. Jamie Hayter, your women's champion, looks like a fucking dork. Good job. And then Keith Lee. Keith, 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 Keith. He looks awful from the scraggly white hair. I mean, if, if it was, like, cleaned up, I can get it. But, my God, this guy is big. I mean, he's always been big. But he's he's probably put on at least 50 or 60 pounds. He's not moving the way he does. It looks like he doesn't care. <laughs> He looks in this cape thing. No, for the love of Christ, send that back to um, the wizard's chest and just stop with it. And obviously, he had to face Jericho, so Jericho did not help him at all because he doesn't put anybody over whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the dumb teasing crap with Jericho and Adam Cole is that crap. Now, let's go back to Jeff Hardy. I said this on the TikTok, and I'm going to reiterate it, at least maybe not as emphasize as it was before but jeff for the love of god you and matt need to retire it's it's done you are going to try to rest I, I know i can already predict exactly what's going to happen for the next couple of weeks jeff is going to try to wrestle like it's 19 fucking 99 and something's going to happen where he's going to be arrested again and i'm not saying this because i'm a cynical asshole because i am but the track record speaks for itself what does he have to do for you people to get a fucking clue right and matt hardy is being an enabler. Right. Saying, oh my God, he's cleaned up. How many times have we heard that? How many times have we heard that over the last... Too many times. Too many times. How many How many opportunities are you going to give Jeff Hardy? Like, seriously, if it was once, I get it. Twice, okay, maybe this time. But after four or five times, come on. What else does he have to prove in this business anymore? He's already a legend with Matt, and Matt can barely move as it is. <sighs> They're going to put this title on him, and he's going to do something where they're going to have to vacate it. Yep. They're going to do it. I swear to God if they do that, the, the blood is not going to be on his hands. It's going to be on your hands for perpetuating him coming back. Like, seriously. Got yeah, it. Let's move on to Impact. Ugh. At least Impact was good. So, Impact. Um, the rating was exactly the same as it was last week, 115,000. And... It was down for demo 0 0.02 instead of a 0 0.03. And it was uh, 139 out of the top 150. So they're still up on the top 150. So that's at least good because that is actually shown to quite a few people. 
Kenny King and Frankie Kazarian was a fun opener. There was a stipulation for Hardcore War Advantage. Mm -hmm. It was a solid match. But the issue is that the heels don't look good because Moose had to run in and actually attack uh, Kazarian for Kenny King to win. But Moose is not in the match at all. Mm -hmm. So why? Why not? Um, Black Tar Roos, Lince Dorado, Laredo Kid, and Swan was fine. Uh, Laredo Kid returning was good, but it was just a showcase match. There's not right. really much here to say. But the issue is that Laredo Kid got hurt from an internal injury in Mexico. I know of three wrestlers since I've started watching wrestling that have had the same exact injury in the same exact place, doing the same exact thing. Scott Steiner had it. I think um, Omega had some sort of smaller internal injury. And now Laredo. There's a pattern here. Now, this is over the span of, you know, 20, 21 years. But still, it's a pattern. And these are the only ones that I'm aware of. Right. What about the other ones that I'm not aware of? So, that's just kind of weird and a little bit of a pattern that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Taylor Wilde and Jessica was fine. The ending was a bit strange, but it is what it is. Dirty Dango and Joe Hendry taking on the design was a fun match. Uh, it promotes the six-man tag of Rebellion. It was straightforward and big props for Santino Morella hitting the Cobra. And they actually got a decent pop, too. Uh, he's I don't, I, can't, I don't know why he's over. It's insane. <laughs> Tasha Steeles in her return match against Gazelle Shaw was a good match. Man, this was a really solid match. Um, you know, I've seen nothing good but good things from Gazelle as of late, and that's the kind of stuff that's going to put her over, and I want to see more of it. She looks like a star. She feels like a star. She wrestles like a star. Tasha Steele's coming back in a really good match like this was a really good thing, too. And finally, Mickey James. She lays the belt in the ring with her hat. Did she retire? No. And people are complaining to me. It's like, well, what's wrong with it? Mickey James doesn't have anything to prove. No, the issue is not her retiring. It's where she retired and how she retired. She retired in front of nobody. Yeah. If that's going to be the retirement, she she did this promo before people were brought into right. the ring, brought into the arena. Like, seriously. It was a bit weird, but, Whatever. you know, uh, her doing this obviously was for her health, and I respect that. So let's go to SmackDown. Uh, no numbers, but it was a 2.468 million last week, and it was a 0.69 for demo. And obviously, nice. with those numbers, it's number one, right? Now, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's promo was whatever, but I'm getting a little tired and it's starting to feel the same. Once again, it always does. Uh, Xavier Woods and LA Knight had a good match, and I'm happy that they're pushing Xavier as a singles instead of putting him on the shelf because Kofi right. and Big E are hurt. They're still using him, and he has an Intercontinental Champion match coming up in two weeks. So, once again, good thing. But I'm worried for LA Knight and how they view him because this is another decent loss right. of him losing. I get, I mean, it was a roll-up with tights, but come on. Not entirely the best look for him. Damian Priest and Santos Escobar had a good match. Priest, as a promo, is good. I like him. He sounds brooding, mm -hmm. and he sounds confident, and I like it. Uh, I want to see more of him actually talking. I'm a bit worried about the future of the WWE Women's Tag Division. It just seems like they're throwing people together and saying that you're a team because we have nothing for you as a single. It's just very weird. Uh, and also, where are Ron Rousey and Shayna Baszler? They won this showcase, and now they're gone. I think I think Ronda's hurt. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I think she's dealing with an injury of some sort. That's why. Did, did she get the injury at Mania? No, I think she had it before. Oh, okay. I see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, at least you can do something with Baszler. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's return was so needed, but my God, his gear needs to stop with this weird open shirt thing. It looks weird. Also, Madcap Moss being a heel. I'm not a big fan of it. Emma's kind of digging him on saying that you deserve more, you deserve more. Not a big fan, but at least Shinsuke is back. Yep. He's still very over. They got to take advantage of that. Maybe not necessarily against Roman Reigns because you know what the result is there, but maybe the guy to dethrone Gunther. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Because maybe Reigns needs a new challenger, fresh face, put Gunther in that opportunity. That'd be awesome. Um, it was a great way for this was a great interference match because it was Matt Riddle and Solo Sokoa. This was Matt Riddle's in ring return, mm-hmm. and Solo Sokoa obviously they're pushing really, really hard. So, what do you do here? Usos interfered on Solo's behalf, mm-hmm. distracting him. Boom, Solo and Spike. Riddle doesn't look bad. You still have Solo winning, and it was a good match. Mm-hmm. So, nothing wrong there. Good match to end that show. Let's talk about Rampage. I saw no numbers for either night because I'm pretty sure they were just that embarrassing. Aussie Open defending the IWGP Tag Team Champions against the Best Friends. What's wrong with that? Why? Why do they get the title opportunity? I don't get it. I don't know. IWG or New Japan's usually pretty good about giving people who deserve the opportunity the opportunity. The best friends have not been winning anything. At least put them against somebody who actually have been winning matches, right. like Kings of the Black Throne or somebody else instead of best friends. I mean, at least at least, the very least, the match was fine. Right. Um, FTR segment was good, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if them ending their in ring careers in AEW is a good idea. Because I'm going to say this, Dash and Cash have very um, opposing opinions on different things Mm -hmm. from the AEW collective. Right. But when you go against the cult, you don't get treated the same. Right. They're going to continue to do the podcast. They're going to continue to support Jim Cornette. And I do believe that Dax is a Republican. That does not go well with the majority. If you're not part of the majority, you're shunned. Not a big fan of this decision, but it's their decision at the end of the day. Yep. They're tag team champions. Obviously, TK put up some big money. Well, Daddy put up some big money. Yeah. So, um, at least, very least, there's that. It's just, it's not status quo, and I'm worried. Anyway, uh, eight-man tag with Team Jarrett and Mark Briscoe was confusing and annoying. And I said this before, and I'm going to reiterate it. Mark Briscoe is not Jay Briscoe. Right. Jay is dead. Mark needs to distinguish him differently. They haven't changed his promo. Yeah, they, they still mention him. Liter- Jay literally all matched. Right. Jay Briscoe, Jay Briscoe. Oh my gosh, Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe was dead. Mark Briscoe was wrestling. How about you talk about him right. and putting him in a good light instead of teaming with people who were friends with Jay Briscoe? Right. God, so stupid. I'm tired of it. Taya Valkyrie and uh, Emi Sakamura was useless. Same thing every week. Hitting, um, hitting Road to Valhalla. You have the baddies on the ramp. They run in. It was the attack and blah, blah, blah. This is the third week it's happened. Ty is 
in-ring whatever here with Jade has just been boring and useless. Have the title match, have Jade win it, and just stop this already. Right. You're already burying Taya enough as it is. She's already made the wrong choice here. You don't have the rubber fucking nose in it. Anyway, Jericho Appreciation Society's rap was absolute crap. I said that on purpose. So, huh. uh, the rivalry is dead with the acclaimed. Get over it. They already blew their load last week. You don't have to continue to do this because it's stupid. And finally... Um, Jack Perry and Sean Spears was a fun match. I'm happy to see Sean Spears back. He might be able to bring in some people. He's still just as popular. And if he's booked right, you could have something with him. And Jack Perry winning the match but via roll-up was so good. Mm -hmm. He's right now kind of within the title pursuit. But they don't want to beat him or beat Sean Spears in his in-ring return. It worked out for me. It was a fun match. Good way to end out Rampage. So... When we come back, we're talking about Sakura Genesis. We're making that and Pro Wrestling Majestic again. So we are back. We're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling Sakura Genesis. Number one, two thumbs up show. Oh, yeah. This was a great show. Yeah. I mean, even the tag team matches were fun. Yeah. Well-paced, well-timed, and those, those title matches were amazing. So let's talk about the first match. I don't have a graphic for it, but this was to like promote some sort of company or something. Mm -hmm. It was... Minoru Suzuki, The Great Okan, and Toru Yano taking on El Desperado, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Yo. It's it was kind of weird. Very confusing, but I do like that one of the teams, both guys, Minoru Suzuki and Great Okan, don't like Toru Yano. And Yano, they really played into that yeah, quite well. Yeah. It was just a fun match. Yeah. It was, it didn't, it, the crowd was super into yeah. it. It was just a lot of fun. Um, and it was a low blow roll up, obviously on Hiroshi for Toru Yano to win. That's what I love about New Japan is that they can have literally anybody beat anybody, right. and I'm like, mm, I get it. Right. That's you fine. Put these three people into a, this, and it's just like, okay, right. And it's it's super weird. It's like that's Hiroshi Tanahashi and Minoru Suzuki and El Desperado, some of the top ones, but yet, yet Toru Yano is the person who beats them. Right. But but I think Toru moves merch. Yeah, he does. Like I feel like he moves oh, merch. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about our next match, which was the House of Torture, Evil, Show, and Yujiro Takahashi taking on the United Empires, Aaron Hanare, Francisco Akira, and Jeff Cobb. The match gets a thumbs up. Yeah. I love the commentators when they were saying um, certain things. They, they, they're making House of Torture match a drinking game. Right. So they're like, <laughs> so they're like oh, they're doing this. Drink. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, if you really want to destroy your liver, be right. my guest. Exactly. Um... Do you have any other opinions about the House of Torture? Because they're starting to develop a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of floundered, and I'm liking that they're starting to slowly but surely come back. Yeah, I they, think like, so, too. Like, 2022 was just not their year. No. 2023, though, I feel a little more confident in their ability to kind of stand out. Yeah, and I think matches like this are really going to help yep. them out more. Yep. As, and I like House of Torture, but, you know, 2020 was great, 2020. 2022, they just kind of fell off the face well, of the planet. Here, here's the issue with New Japan, and I think it's just for the lack of understanding of how to book heel, mm -hmm. um, like like true heel. The House of Torture were basically supposed to be Bullet Club 2.0, right. but the issue is, is that people just not gravitate towards them because there really wasn't anybody there that they just really were behind, ready to right. put behind. They put the titles on Evil when he won them in 2020 because they just reopened up right. and they wanted to get a big time talking point right. going because it was right out of pandemic. Right. 
if they kept Evil on that same wavelength mm-hmm. of just main eventer, we might be talking a different conversation here. Right, and you see, that's the issue. That's what House of Torture went through. But yeah, they are starting to make a comeback, so I really do appreciate that. Yep, and it was uh, it was the United Empire to win with the Tour of the Islands. So overall, I liked the match. It was a fun one. So uh, just five guys taking on Los Ingobernables de Japón. It was... And see, this is what I like to see because, again, think about the main event with Sonata joining just five guys but the other members are now going after the former team of sonata right and they really emphasize that quite a bit here i mean especially with a new group you've mm-hmm. got to hit hard with a bunch of matches and you know you have a uh, yoshinabu kanemaru challenging hiromu for the junior heavyweight yep. champion uh sometime i think right before um uh, uh dontaku yeah because Hiromu's going for the heavyweight champion, right. whoever it was at this time. But you got to have another credible challenger in the juniors within a faction. Right. And obviously... And Kanemaru is filling that role quite nicely. Yep. Uh, new gear change. There was a different flow with just five yep. guys. And they actually won. It was an impressive match. Mm-hmm. And it was a figure four leg lock for Kanemaru to actually get the win. So once again... He is showcased to win the match. Right. Putting him on a different level, on a different showcase, and that's all well and good. By the way, get some thumbs up. Okay. I like this. Good pacing on it. Nobody looked bad. Yep. It was all good. Kind of a weird one. Uh, David Finlay, El Fantasma, and Kenta taking on Gorillas of Destinies, Hikaleo, Tamatanga, and Masterwato. Orange Cassidy, thumbs up. Yeah, but the, this is kind of a weird... But, 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 but the ending yeah. part... Was a full thumbs up. Well, yeah, yeah, because of the betrayal. <laughs> well, the betrayal was done so well. It was. Uh, the match, it was fun. I like the match was kind of odd to me. It was. It was because you know a lot of these teams are just like, oh, you know, Tama. Well, it's like, oh, Tama Tonga. You don't expect Tonga Loa to be there too, but it's right. like, here's Master okay, Wado. Okay, right. <laughs> it's it's a it it was a weird choice for Master Wado, but I think um, Tonga Loa still hurt. Yeah, and I. Also, El Fantasmo was acting a little bit differently yep. because he's basically he was kicked out of the club. Right. And David Finlay, I like his intention of saying, since I'm the new leader, back me, and we're going to make this club more serious again. And I think Bullet Club really needs that right now. Yes. They need to be taken seriously mm-hmm. because House of Torture are more House of Torture than Bullet Club. Yeah, they are. At this point in time, they're just doing their own thing. But, they, but I mean, they're still technically a subgroup. Right. But we need to see that Bullet Club moniker back to a serious light. And right. as of as so far, there hasn't been like a credible challenger within Bullet Club. Well, for... Bullet Club is losing. They're hemorrhaging a little, they were hemorrhaging a lot of members as well. So Well, no, uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson, they are actually Bullet Club still. Oh, they are. They're called Bullet Club Gold. Ah. Because they're an AEW. So mm. it's an American faction. So ah. I'm okay with that. But I think David Finlay being the overseer of all of it and putting him on a different wavelength, I think is going to be really good. Yeah. It's really helping him out a lot. It was CR2 for Bullet Club to win. Then Finlay and Phantasmo started to really fight, and I was really digging it. Then Kenta Betrayal. And um, uh, Taiji Ishimori's betrayal and El Phantasmo basically really said that he's out. Right. Because Taiji and Phantasmo, former junior heavyweight tag team champions, Bullet Club's cutest tag team. Right. So that really cemented of 
what, where's Phantasmo going to go? Right. And who knows? Just six guys. So there you go. <laughs> so it, it all just really worked. It, it I did. mean, these all of these multi-mans had a purpose, yeah. and that's what I really liked about them. Yeah, it was really good. And no, no old guys either. And no, exactly. It, it felt fresh. Yeah. It felt different. Yeah, and it, it was like It was a nice uh, breath of fresh air. There we go. Anyway, let's go into our first title match. Two thumbs up. Yep. Uh, Mercedes Monet defending her for the first time the IWGP Women's Champion against um, Hazuki in AZM. I thought it was just we'll see. At first, I thought it was just going to be AZM versus uh, uh, Monet. Monet. Yeah, no, I think it was. I think there was um, contention on where that was. Yeah. But overall, it was a fun match. I'm gonna give it only a one thumb up on this because I think in a way you it kind of dragged two thumbs up. But oh, did I? Yeah. Oh well. You know, I'm gonna give it a um, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up and an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Okay, there we go. <laughs> because I th- I think well as I was thinking about it, I'm like you know there were parts where I think they should have ended the match, but it just kind of kept dragging. Well, again, I don't think uh, New Japan is very good at booking triple threat matches. So. Right, and also there were parts where this match went way too fast. It was like boom, 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 like whoa, 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 and that's not because I was watching this at two x speed. It was because literally. Move, 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 move. Like, geez, man, you need to slow it down a little bit. I can't process that information that quickly, right. even if I was watching this at regular speed. So, uh, Monet won with the moneymaker. And I, I can't remember who was the one who was challenging her, but uh, she's defending it at um, uh, Queendom in a couple of weeks. And yeah, we I can't be, remember who her opponent is either. We will be covering that show. I think it is um, Taiyu, but I could be incorrect on yeah. that. And there is a chance. Anyway, uh, for the. Uh, NJPW World Television Champion Zack Sabre Jr. and Shota Unimo. I'm going to give this one only a thumbs up mm-hmm. on this one. I think Shota should have won. I don't like that they're doing this to him where he win or he's booked strong. Mm-hmm. I think he's still too green though. I so like, well, then then don't put him in these kinds of matches yet. If you're if they're not confident about it, don't do this to him yet. Do like they're doing with Master Wado. Right. I I, I, I think I think he personally is ready for it. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think there might be some vanity here because he is the son of Red Shoes. But right. <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep that in mind too. Right. He is the son of Red Shoes. Right. I like that he has like this pseudo Moxley character though. Mm-hmm. Um, because Moxley was a big influence on him. So he's coming out in the crowd. He does feel different. And I like Shota, but he's gotta win a big one. And right. I think this was the opportunity to do so because with Zach, does he really need this title at this point? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, does well, but does the title need him? The title might need him for a little while uh, longer maybe. because to establish some credibility. Maybe. And who knows what they're going to do in the future. Maybe they'll have a room, uh, rematch at yep. Dontaku. Maybe people will watch that more than Sakura. Right. But this was a fine match. It was a jackknife pin. So Shota did not lose by, like, a definitive. It was a roll-up, and Shota right. was up immediately. So there so, we go. I kind of like it. I need I need to trust them a little bit right. on the little stepping yeah, stones exactly. on this, you know. Sometimes I just kind of get myself wrapped up in the I want it now, you know. Right. Uh, for the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Bishamon defending against Ozzy Open, two thumbs up. This was an excellent match. Yep. God, Bishamon are a great team. They have to continue to put them yep. in title matches because they are – they're us. They're in a league ahead. I want them to win the strong open weight tag team champions mm-hmm. at this point. Even though I think Aussie Open just won those titles. Right. 
No, I think they won those titles at Capital Collision. Oh, they did? Oh, I, did they? I think that, that was literally yesterday. Yeah, I know. I, I saw the match card, but I wasn't, I'm, I'm not sure about that I one. Think, I, I, think think they, I think they did. I, I'm like 90% sure that they did, but this was a great match. Oh, yes, Back it was. and forth, the pacing, it felt important. Um, I can't remember who was the one. One of them got cut really bad. Oh, who? I can't remember. I think it was Kyle Fletcher. He yeah. hit his head on the barricade. Oh, that's right, And yes. they, it was like... This huge thing of blood. Right. And he got wrapped up, and they're like, go back into the ring. But it was so bad that you literally see it seeping through. Right. It really it actually helped the match quite a bit, showcasing how tough they, yeah, um, how a, tough Ozzy yeah, Open was. Yep. It, but it was Coriolis for Ozzy Open to win. Fantastic match. I put it for possible match of the year for this year. It was literally that good. Mm. Go out of your way and watch like the last three matches of this card. <laughs> So, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Robbie Eagles for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Two thumbs up, by the way. Yep. Um, Robbie Eagles joining TMDK was the right call. Yep. Uh, TMDK, in the last three of these big matches, even though they lost, they still have credible challengers for everything. Oh, yes. And that's why TMDK works. Right. So, you have Robbie Eagles, definite title contender yep. for the future. He's a former junior heavyweight champion. Yep. And I liked his reasoning because his reasoning was that he was being looked over in chaos yep. to get title opportunities. He's like, no, I want to be the only option for the juniors for our team. Right. Boom, there you go. Because chaos has a lot of people in the juniors. <laughs> right. So might as well join TMDK, right. a newer team, but also let's lump all the Australians together. <laughs> right. I mean, there's. Well, there I mean, it helps because, of course, they are opening their tai. They're they're doing the Taichi thing in New Zealand, so I think right. it actually makes sense to have a strong group of a lot of Australians in Japan because right. that's a Japanese promotion. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, Bad Luck Fale does stuff down there because yep. his his dojo is in New Zealand. Yes, and that's where it's being based out of, I believe. That's crazy to think that New Japan actually cornered that market before any other promotion because there is literally no wrestling company down there right now. No, there isn't, and I think New Japan is making a strong case for being down there. Oh, absolutely. I'll go to Australia for right. it. Anyways. <laughs> um, this was a fantastic match. Mm -hmm. uh, great back and forth. It was time bomb to for Hiromu to win. Yep. A little bit of a questionable decision, but I feel like they have more confidence with TMDK yep. not having titles instead of just five guys. Right. Because it's just five guys. So, <laughs> Well, I think they have a little more confidence in that. But also, yeah. also, Yoshinabu is a lot older. Yep. I wonder if they're going to at least give him one singles title yeah. run just for vanity. And but maybe. You never know. Never know. Because right now, Yoshinabu is the next guy to go for right. the title. Now it makes sense given the main event that you have a just five guys person taking on an LIJ guy. Yep. But and, and again, that's part of what I wanted to happen was to have this overarching rivalry between LIJ and, um, and just five guys. Exactly. Uh, putting them on the map yep. there. So, and then we have our main event. IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kazuji Okada and Sonata, two thumbs up. This was a that phenomenal fan fantastic match. match. It really solidifies Sonata as kind of the leader of that group. It oh, really puts him on that pedestal. So, did they ever say a reason why Sonata left Lij? I think it was it was mentioned when he actually did the betrayal, but I don't remember off the top of my head why he left and went over to. Um, went over to just five guys, um, but uh, there was a reason that was stated. Okay, it was 
This was a phenomenal match, though. It was. um, Okada has expressed interest in him wanting to do more tag work, which I think is great. But I think he's also taking some time off, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I I mean, New Dad, I think he has some injuries that he kind of wants to nurse back to health, and they do not want for Okada to get a really bad injury. He's their freaking cash cow. Right. (laughs) But Sonata put himself in a great position. He felt like he feels like a credible, legitimate threat. But everything about Sonata changed yep. from gimmick to look to haircut to even his finishing maneuver right. changed. And it was so needed because he really needed to separate himself away from the cold skull. Right. So where does Sonata go from here? Oh, by the way, Sonata won with a deadfall, essentially like an over-exaggerated DDT, but it looked awesome. Uh who do you think Sonata? I mean, Sonata is facing Hiromu next. Like that right. match has already been confirmed. Um, he's, I think that he is going to be facing off against more Lij members. So, do you think it will most likely be um, uh, Hiromu, then Shingo, and yep. then Naito, or do you think it will? Well, be... this is going to end with the leader. So, it's the rivalry is going to end with Naito. But um, yeah, I think it's going to go to Shingo. Is going to be the one after um, after Hiromu. after Hiromu, and then. Uh, yeah, and then I think it's a straight to Naito, right? Unless there's another person I'm missing in the... There are the only other person I think of is Bushi. Right, but Bushi is a junior. So. And then Titan, and, but Titan is their CMLL representation right. on there. So, uh, But, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do with this. Yeah. And now, the next challenger for juniors, I mean, if you want to put Hiromu back on there, but I don't think that is. No. I think Yoshinabu is going to be him, and then it's going right. to be uh, Yoshinabu and Bushi, because yeah. Bushi is a former junior heavyweight, and they have plenty of time yeah, to they do. start building Bushi up to something strong. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. A great Sakura Genesis. Yes. Um, I'm excited for May for wrestling Dontaku because they've already have a couple of matches set up mm-hmm. and it's a really solid card so far. But anyways, uh, that's pretty much the way that it ends. Next week we are going to be covering a couple of pay per views. So we're not covering Rebellion this week. Right. We cannot do the Sunday shows that early, so or that late. So we're going to be covering uh, Triple Mania. Yep. We're going to be covering. Um, Rebellion. Rebellion, and then I think that Stardom show is that same is that same day, but then we'll cover it the week after. Right. So, so we're, we're catching up from WrestleMania season. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So if you did enjoy this video, remember to like the video, or if you enjoyed listening to us on our podcasting platforms, leave a rating, comment wherever you're listening or watching this on, subscribe to the channel or follow the channel, become a patron, or follow us on all of our social medias. Links are going to be right there and as always be majestic